I mean, I could be wrong, but did he not finish as like a top 11 running back? Even if he sucks at football, like no, you said, he, there's a distinction. Like there is he did a not. He finished as running back 45 last year and running back 22 the year before. Well, if you divide 22 and two, and that was two years ago, he finished 11. <laughs> Season two of the SSFL podcast, episode two. We did a draft. It was a lot of fun. Kevin, welcome back. Survive Vegas, no crippling debt, all your kidneys. Uh, correct, as everybody knows. <laughs> Why would everybody know that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just nervous. <laughs> uh, Everyone's mad at me. We'll, we'll, we're coming back to that. Uh, Eric, how's it going? Broncos country. Let's ride. ride. <laughs> Please. Tony, Enzo. Uh, yeah, doing doing great. Um, yeah, Enzo's here, strapped to my chest. He's sleeping currently. I, I, just... I think I just got a little snore from him. Oh, did you? Yeah, maybe. A little cute little snore. <laughs> a little bonus for the pod right there. All right. I don't think there's anything we could do other than get right into it. Kevin, put me... Let's do like a, you know, where were you a week ago? Like mentally? <laughs> yeah. Like emotionally? Like what do you mean? Well, I mean, something had to go wrong for you to draft two tight ends, so. I don't know about that. <laughs> told uh, I told Anthony a long time ago that I was planning on doing it. I'm just a little bit curious because I think they're both actually in pretty terrific situations this year. I'm sort of shooting my shot on both of them ending up being wide receiver, like ones. Don't really like chase the boom and bust of it. I like kind of the fact that I don't need to worry about my tight end at all. I don't have any time for the argument that I've like locked in my flex because I'm essentially going to be shooting on my wide receiver too. If there's an injury somewhere else, I think I can make up some value there. I was very disappointed that I didn't get Lamar because that was part of the whole thing to get the stack with him and Andrews. Um, I waited like around too late to do that, but I think that actually helped me get a little bit of value on the running backs um, there. I know no one really loves Gibson, but I mean, the other guy got shot. Like he's not gonna play for a little bit. So whether that's right or wrong, like he's gonna play for the first five or six games. If anyone, if, if you believe in Mahomes, someone needs to catch passes on that team. There is a like legitimate statistical argument for this in my opinion. Both of them last year finished in the top 13 in receptions in the NFL. And they both also had teammates that finished in the top 13 that are no longer on their teams in um, Tyree Kill and whatever that other dick's name is. Hollywood <laughs> Brown. Hollywood, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I actually think that's sort of their floor is what they did last year, barring injury. Like people, people talk about, I don't know, double teaming Kelsey. Like he was balling out before Tyree Kill was there. I get that he's older, but he's also like a phenom. I think it's Lamar's contract year. So I think that he's holding out and also not signing a contract for a reason. And Mark Andrews is going to ball out too. Are you worried not having Tyreek Hill 40 yards down the field is going to tighten the pressure on Kelsey? I guess not. 
No, I, I am. I just think that, like, like I said, he's done it without with hit without Hill there before. He's also, like, again, it's Travis Kelsey. Like I said, I'm taking a shot on it. I, it's a very aware that it's very controversial. I just the other part is I feel like I'm I'm barring injury. I don't see how they don't finish in the top three. Like even if Pitts has a monster year, in my opinion, I've got two of them. I don't need to worry about them at all. Yeah, I mean, I think. I, I respect it. I don't think I would have had the cojones to make the call, but I think it's definitely going to be the most interesting storyline of, you know, weeks one to three. So I think having had a lot more time to digest this, you know, <laughs> I can't really explain why I don't like it because I, I understand Kevin what Kevin is saying. He seems to be making fairly good points. I guess what I keep coming back to is like in order for it to work, like you need like there's no room for error. And even the best case scenario is that like they both are the equivalent of like wide receiver nine and ten. That's like your right, but I feel more confident scenario. I don't I feel incredibly confident that that's what they're gonna do as, as relative to how I feel about the people around them. I mean like but I feel you with all guys, the changing wide receivers. Like Stefan Diggs can finish as the wide receiver one. Jamar Chase mm-hmm. can finish as the wide receiver one. Neither Kelsey nor Andrews will finish as the wide receiver one equivalent. So even in your best case scenario, your upside is limited. And the worst case scenario is that it, the floor completely falls out. So that's why I'm like, I'm trying, I'm, it's really tough for me to wrap my head around this. Did we think that Kevin wasn't going to get Kelsey on the turn? Like, do you like think he could have waited it, at two two five? Well, he wanted. I mean, both. he wasn't going to get both. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I know, no, I know. But like, let's say he gets Jamar Chase as right. Uh, oh, I see what you 10. mean. I mean, I think Tyler was talking about tra- picking Kelsey a little at fourteen or fifteen. Are you asking? Do I like Jamar Chase and Mark Andrews better than Kelsey and Mark Andrews? And the answer is yes. Like, or 100%. Jamar Chase. Even Jamar Chase and Kelsey. I don't. He wouldn't have gotten that. Well, maybe yeah. maybe he could have gotten Kelsey on the way back. I don't know. Mark Andrews was like maybe more like the consensus one, so it's possible. But um, yeah, I mean, add Jamar Chase for either of those two guys. I think it's better. Or the running back of your choice that came afterwards, I think, is better. But you know, like Kevin said, he's calling a shot. You got to respect it. I'm curious what Eric um, thinks. I think the thing that's hard for me is I know Kevin. You said you don't have any. Uh, time for the you've locked in your flex argument and I do think it's stupid to be like only worried about flexibility like I went three straight running backs you make the same argument there I locked in my flex in the third round but I think that the way that I don't think it makes sense is that the argument to me of going after a tight end early is that you lock in such an incredible positional advantage at that position over like you know probably nine or ten of the 14 teams in the league that that makes up for the fact that you're not getting a little bit of a positional advantage at like running back or wide receiver. But when you take the second tight end in the second round, you are not getting a positional advantage. You're just saying, I think this player will score more points than the running back or receiver I could take here. And I think that like the best tight ends in the league, yes, if both of them had like peak prime Gronk or Kelsey years where they're going to score like 280 fantasy points, like, yeah, you're going to have a great team. But I think that Probably the more likely thing is Kelsey scored like 215 fantasy points last year. That's probably where you're at. That's not that much better than like a wide receiver too. 
And I think you could have got a better wide receiver or running back in that round. And that's why I wouldn't personally do it. I think, though, we're being too, like, you know, civil and uh, analysis-y here right now. And I just want to bring it back to um, childishness. And uh, so after the draft, I went back to the family reunion. And I was talking to Arcticus' cousin. He plays a lot of fantasy. And he wanted to see the draft. So I just show him the draft board. (laughs) The first thing he does is he points (laughs) at Kevin's team and he goes... So, this guy's not nearly as smart as he thinks he is, is he? (laughs) (laughs) It's probably true. Wow. That's hilarious. Probably true. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't have, like, a ton else to add other than I I feel like how well they played last year. I I don't... I I don't know. I see both of their situations very positively, even relative to last year. So, I, I see them having a season similar to, if not better. It's obviously risky. If it works, awesome. If not, I'm going to be one of the other 12 teams that loses. Yep, true. I I think last year you said that in a 14-team league, you just got to shoot your shot. And I agree. You shot your shot. I hope it doesn't end up this way, but I think it's going to be very funny if, like, in week six, we get the, like, Mark Andrews has been put on the trade block notification. Like, hmm, where does he end up? What do you get for him? We'll see. I don't know. Like, personally, I don't see how it's, like, <laughs> I called Anthony after the draft, and I demanded him to tell me that it was a worse pick than Cam Akers in the second <laughs> round. I demanded it. Dude. And I can't. you can't tell me it is. And for that alone, it feels justified. So come at Mike harder than I me. actually, uh, we can move on to Mike now, because the Cam Akers pick was bad. But I was looking at his team today, as I said, when I was barbecuing, and I would argue that the T. Higgins pick is actually worse when you look at who went after him at wide receiver. So he picked T. Higgins over Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Kyle Pitts, Cortland Sutton, and A.J. Brown, and Mike Williams, and D.J. Moore. Do you like T. Higgins better than all of those guys? How about better than any of them? I went into the draft this year saying I was not going to draft T Higgins. <laughs> so I think that's wild. And the other funny thing about Mike's team, and I, I did say it a couple times at the draft to make fun of him, but T Higgins is the wide receiver two on his team. Jerry Judy is the wide receiver two on his team. Gabriel Davis is the wide receiver two on his team. Those are his starting wide receivers. Juju Smith-Fisher anyway. might be the wide receiver four on his team. We have no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I thought it was really funny golfing that morning. Someone brought up the Leonard Fournette pick and was and he's kind of like, you know, with distance, it's just I'm I'm over it. It doesn't bother me anymore. You know, I I think that I'm at peace now. You guys can't make fun of me. And then he made that Cam Akers pick and someone is like quiet for a second and then someone starts laughing. <laughs> just, you could like see the moment where his just just broke. You broke him. And I think that he was just rattled for the rest of the draft. Okay, so I don't actually... Cam Akers is not somebody I even looked at at any point in any of my mock drafts because just was never around when I was picking. But what is so incredibly bad about Cam Akers? Can you explain it to me? I don't actually really know. It's just not somebody I spent a lot of time thinking about. My case against Cam Akers is that... He had it. He's coming off an Achilles injury, which is like historically a career ender for running backs. And like no one has come back from Achilles injuries. I don't even know why this is. People keep drafting guys with Achilles injuries because it's like so 
like rock solid 100% of them do not return to form. When he did come back last year, he was terrible, like really, really bad. He was like 2.5 yards per carry. So I don't, and Daryl Henderson arguably was more effective. So I don't understand like why people are just like slotting him in as like this like 250 carry guy. Like I get it, he's in a big offense. If Cam Akers played for like the Jets, no one would even care. He's totally just getting like this weird bump from playing on um, like the Sean McVay offense and everyone is still envisioning Todd Gurley and but the offense just doesn't function like that anymore and I just don't think he's good also like looking back at the 2020 season he played like his stats are not good (laughs) yeah he was not good to me the the Achilles injury is just like a instant disqualifier yeah 100% as especially as you're like RB2 it's one of those things that I would rather be proven. I'd like to be proven wrong before I buy into yeah. it because up until this point, like I don't want to be early on the train. It's a perfect way to put it. Right. So just to be clear, we'd all take uh, Mark Andrews over Cam Akers in the second round. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, okay, I cool. Would. Just wondering. All right. So you guys going to grill Mike next? Yeah, but Mike also picked way later than you in the second round. So, but yeah, anyway, I mean, I think we're done. I think we're done roasting Mike. One of the things I noticed going through this is all the people that I was high on went way before I was going to have a chance to draft them. The rounds yep. that I expected to be able to draft them, I wasn't able to. And so I ended up on my team with receivers that I had never expected to pick just because they fell for super long time. And I was like, well, I guess I pick, have to take them now. And so, yeah, my team ends up looking a lot different than I expected just because everyone likes the same people. I don't know if that means we're smart or if that just means we are with the same mind. I, I think that ADP can be a bit of a trap. It's a trap! I think that your average league is like a giant clusterfuck. Like, there's so many of the, like, leagues of, you know, people who are work friends who are drafting, you know, Justin Tucker in the third round. I think the other thing is, like, at least from watching Sleeper week to week, like, the ADP doesn't seem to adjust very quickly when, like, someone gets hurt in, like, week two of the preseason. So... Looking at the ADP of any of these websites is like a little bit of an awkward way. It's the same thing with mock drafts. Like it's really hard to get a mock draft, at least in my experience, where everyone is taking it seriously and the picks are even like remotely sane. I've been saying for years, mock drafts don't matter in the SSFL draft. You get like a general idea of like a group of players that you might have access to. But like the first round, obviously, like I was pretty... I did pretty well predicting what would happen there. But after that, it just goes so off the rails. And like to Eric's point, like in 90% of my mocks, I was drafting Cortland Sutton in the fourth round. And he went the immediate pick after me, after I picked Kyle Pitts in the third round. And so like, it's just stuff like that. I don't necessarily know what it means. It's just, um, yeah. So my theory is that the general fantasy community, when you're a quote-unquote expert and you're making rankings your mindset is not in the correct mindset as if you would be drafting and by that i mean when you're making rankings you're thinking about do i think this player will score more points this year or do i think this player will score more points this year and i don't think that's actually how we draft when you get to like the fourth or fifth round you're not actually thinking do i think melvin gordon or you know Ramondre stevenson will score more points this year what you're thinking is melvin gordon caps at like 180 and probably will never score more than that but maybe his floor is this, but I don't care about his floor because my floor is my guys I've already drafted. 
and Ramondre yeah. Stevenson might score 275, so I'm going to take Ramondre Stevenson. But the rankings have them together, and I think our league mostly is pretty smart and drafts the high upside guys when you get layered down. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I like that. I yep. think our league probably, on average, does a lot more research than like most leagues, too. Like I do not try and draft anyone late in the SLSFL. Like If there's someone that I'm excited about and it's close to their... Like where they fall, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna pick them. Like you don't, no one ever falls to me in this league. Where like drafting in more casual leagues, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, you know, there's six. I've got six picks between my two picks. Like they'll probably fall to me. I'll just let it go. The most shocking thing of this draft, and this is something that has been a trend in the SSFL, which I think is to Eric's point, um, and he actually noticed it the first like last year. You noticed this at the draft. You're like, oh, quarterbacks are going way later than I thought in SSFL based on our prior seasons. And in this year, they went so late. Like, Josh Allen was, like, a pretty much a routine second-round pick in every mock that I did and every, like, ADP. And he fell to the middle of the fourth round. Like, I was getting exciting about drafted him until, like, Team Eric James combined forces and somehow drafted him just in front of me. Um, I guess they're going to split the winnings or something. It was pretty adorable. Um, but I was upset. I really wanted Josh Allen there because I think at some point it does become like an advantage. So I think we need to talk about why Tony spent the entire draft trying to make people not be friends with each other. Just like blocking no, people from you know, having conversations, criticizing you're, you're people allowed... for talking about fantasy football at a fantasy football draft. No, I mean, like, we're talking about, like, there's a rule that you're not allowed to, like, name drop, but, like, you know, two butt buddies in the corner, like, discussing strategies because they're, like, multiple picks apart. Uh, Yeah, I just don't think it's uh, kosher. That's all. I think you just, you spend an entire year on a podcast antagonizing everyone, and then you're mad that no one wants to be your friend at the next draft. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't help sitting in the back on your lawn chair, lean back, just throwing insults, and then no Uh, one wants to talk. Yeah, no, I don't need anyone to talk. It's fine. I don't. I I know my draft well enough. I don't need to like ask for opinions on people. Although, big shout out to Harsh for throwing me a huge bone in uh, round eleven when I was at my peak, not soberness, and staring at the rankings. And he just said, "Just draft Nico Collins." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I like that guy." And I drafted <laughs> Nico Collins. Otherwise, I probably would still be staring at that pick, to be honest. Huh, that, that sounds a lot like collusion if he's telling you exactly <laughs> who to draft. Yeah, I mean, we had our little powwow, much like Justin and Dion did, and much like Eric and James, in their little double little chair thing. They hold hands. <laughs> to kind of, like, close that thought, I do really think that the SSFL sleeps on quarterbacks, mm-hmm. especially the, like, usually there's, like, a top tier of quarterbacks, and I think that... If I'm if I'm picking quarterbacks, I'm either going to pick one of those top five and never think about it, or I'm just going to like stream quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time. So James picks Josh Allen, and I'm immediately like, okay, do I have to pick Mahomes, or can I wait around and get him on the turn like six picks later? And like, I still don't know the answer. Let's see. It would have been Mike Shar Harsh twice. I would say you probably would not have got him. I mean, that's where I landed. I picked him yeah. at uh, uh, before it went around. But like, it, I think that we always do quarterbacks go late. But the thing is, I think the other side of that is that you load into a lot of mock drafts and there's just dinglings who are like, oh, I'm a big Buffalo fan. I'm just going to draft Josh Allen <laughs> as soon as it's like remotely reasonable. I also think a lot of people use mock drafts to try yeah, weird totally. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, so that... 
yeah. I, I just like I I really don't like mock drafts. I think I completed maybe two mock drafts for this season, of like my like multiple hours of prep. Like I just, it's so hard to simulate what an actual draft is, especially a draft like the Essence of L, where like if you pick the wrong thing, if you pick Cam Akers, you're gonna get yelled at for <laughs> a year on a podcast. Okay, we need to move on to Kenny's team because next to <laughs> <laughs> I, item three, ne- yeah, Kenny. yeah, yeah. Ne- next... <laughs> First of all, sorry. Before we get into Kenny's team, how would he do? Oh, he did not take it well. Well, no, <laughs> he endured some abuse, especially from Harsh. Harsh and Mike were giving it out. <laughs> Explain. Well, Mike has obviously formerly done it, and. Take it in your yeah. I, I think the funniest thing is that like Kenny would get really flustered. Like someone would be like, Kenny, go get the sticker, and then be, and then Harsh should just up pipe up always. Oh, I could use a beer too. And Kenny'd be like, I'm trying, and like get all worked up. It's just really funny when he's all worked up like that. And it's just like that's not that's not gonna help your case, buddy. Well, the the, the sticker uh, performance reflected it. Let's just say my drunk ass could have done a better job. I mean, but also it was just he didn't take the job seriously. I feel like he, uh, excuse to, me. He needs to reflect on how to do the job better next year. Yeah, 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 he yeah, will be back. Get another shot. <laughs> <laughs> because like, if you get, if two or three people are yelling picks at you at the same time, you don't, you don't go to the sticker table and come back with one fucking sticker. You got all three <laughs> stickers and you save yourself some time. And then maybe you're not so flustered when harsh needs a beer from one foot away from harsh. So, I feel like I can look at the the draft board and and pick Kenny's mood flustered and not <laughs> flustered by round round two is it two and four flustered number five he was locked in good pick in round five other than that two and four easily overwhelmed. I have to say that us moving to the like Pronley winners' primary job being putting stickers on the board is the greatest innovation this league has ever experienced. Yeah, being able to just sit in my chair and yell picks at people is the dream. I like he was getting so flustered and you know everyone comes up with these elaborate uh punishments and posts it on social media and whatnot but I remember I asked him I was like you know because everyone knows what the Waffle House like punishment is and he said that he would rather do that than be (laughs) the sticker bitch at the SSFL draft and that's when I knew we had hit on something big yeah 100% me being like having to explain to some poor server that they were going to see a lot of me for their shift is like so much less embarrassing than ha- having everyone yell at you. <laughs> when did, um, just a little league history, Did was this born out of COVID? Yeah, the yeah. first year we did it at the um, at Char's place. Wow, so it's only been around for a couple of years, and this is only the third year someone's had to do it. Yeah, right? Mike, Jay, uh, Kenny. What was the punishment before that? You just had to wear the shirt? You did all the beers. Just beer I definitely oh. spent a draft at... Um, at Jay's old place in South Surrey with the keg where you'd run out, you'd be like, okay, anyone want a beer? And one person would say yes. And so you'd go stand out there, fill it up. And then you'd run back inside and someone else would say yes. And it's just constantly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was horrible. No. I hated it so much. I won next year. <laughs> well, maybe it'll motivate Kenny. Uh, judging from the draft, not likely. <laughs> you really don't like Kenny's team? Well, look, he had like eight opportunities to draft Alex Madison and then didn't and then got upset when Mike drafted him. But yeah. he drafted Elijah Moore, Robert Wood, and Cadrius Tony over him. So I don't like 
Okay, that's fair. I think, personally, for the first six or seven picks, I really, really liked Kenny's team. He drafted a lot of people that I think highly of. Like, I like Dalvin Cook in the first. I like James Conner in the second. Mike Evans I don't care about. But I, I'm really high on Darren Waller, and I think really? that could be a good pick this year. Yeah, I think that he will have a bounce back. And I like Elijah Moore, personally, even though I can't actually give you a logical reason for that. It's just kind of like a, oh, sec- sophomore yeah. no, that's jump fair. thing or whatever. I personally don't like that we've gone one episode or two episodes this year and we've already bailed on the fuck Kenny narrative. <laughs> Kenny was complaining about how he was misquoted. Oh yeah, how did he take that? He was complaining about it. <laughs> All I've got to say is like if four people heard one thing and one person heard another, like... Yeah, I wasn't believe. even there and I heard it because it kind of yeah. like shook the fabric of space-time when he said it. You just sat up in your chair wherever you were. <laughs> oh. Justin and Dion were both there, but they can't vouch for it. <laughs> we Dion obviously doesn't listen to the pod, so Ken, Eric was explaining the whole story to him, and he's like, huh, I don't remember that one bit. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that tracks. So my biggest concern with Kenny's team is that um, Dalvin Cook is going to miss three or four games every year, like he does, and we just don't know if James Conner is actually good or if he just fell into the end zone 15 times by accident last year. And if, if one or both of those things turns out to be true, then he has no one else to put in there. It's true, yeah. At running back. He needs both of his running backs to be good and not injured the entire season. Yeah. Or he, what he said to me at the end of the draft was his plan is to look for that Elijah Mitchell in week one and spend $100 of fab on that person. And okay. hopefully I mean, that's available to him. So. Yeah, and hopefully that player is good. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. That happens every season. Like that's such a scary thing to risk it on. Like every there's usually like one or two running backs that like four to five people bid on every mm-hmm. single year. Mm-hmm. It's spooky. Any other storylines from the draft? I've got a little bit of a question for the the fifteenth round. Uh, I know I was not there, but I can just guess that things have gone well and fully off the rails at that <laughs> point. Um, Mike's Deshaun Watson pick. What, what's the headspace you get in to pick that? This is what happened. Mike got a little sauced. He got a little excited. He drafts Deshaun Watson, makes a big proclamation about how this guy's going to win a much fantasy championship in week 12. Um, Twitter gets excited about it, and they start flaming him. And he immediately just cowers, backs off, drops him from his roster. But the, uh, the public apology hasn't come yet and we're waiting for it we need answers from mike this is not what the ssfl stands for i don't know how you guys feel but i feel a little bit cheated yeah i'm just disappointed really kevin you weren't there like when you saw the deshaun watson pick pop up well i wasn't surprised he's got a long track record and if you go back uh, there's not a lot of posts on his facebook uh before 2017 uh and i think that says everything that that you know yeah yeah well, I think Mike's keen on coming on the show as a guest. And so perhaps next week after Cam Akers goes 12 for 13 on Thursday night um, and he is 0-1 to start the year, he can come on, explain the Cam Akers pick, and then perhaps an apology for Deshaun Watson. What do you guys think? I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think so. My ears are open. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're here to grow, right? Like, we don't want to hold it against him. We just want to make sure that he learned 
from this experience, which is something that he doesn't do very well. But I'm hoping that, you know, we can turn a new leaf here. I think as a podcast, really, that's what we've always been about. We've never really held on to anything for too long or, you know, done anything unacceptable. Yeah, I think we're very fair. I think we're very fair. Very. I think my personal favorite moment of the draft was Anthony in the ninth round. He goes into the sticker room for himself and goes over there and leaned over the table for a while, shuffling some papers around. And he comes back, he struts out, out all proud of himself. He's got the sticker behind his back and he goes, if anyone can guess who I'm going to pick, I'll shotgun. And he points <laughs> at Eric and Eric kind of rolls his eyes and is like a reasonable running back. And then he looks at me and I just dead in the eyes, Isaiah Pachenko. And he looks down and he goes, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> And then slapped the sticker on the board and walked over and grabbed a beer and shotgunned it. And hey, um, I made a bet. I made it a bet. It was all downhill from there. Yes, I respect the commitment. I, I thought it was I've so clever. I've never been more proud of myself. Yeah, no, I was like silent because I was shocked. That that part of the draft, like round six plus, um, very blurry. I tried to uh, get you to shotgun around 12 or so when I was leaving and... You just kind of looked at me oh, and just gave Oh my me the god, like, no. I don't remember that interaction at all. You were just going <laughs> to tell me to shotgun because you were leaving? or No, I was like, let's go do a goodbye shotgun. Oh. And you were just like... Mm, yeah, no. no, 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 no. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I needed you to make it to name John Coon, so <laughs> we passed that one out. That was great. Um, I was the only one on this podcast that stayed to play. Um, we had a great time. Um, some very challenging clues. Big ups to Brandon for organizing that. It was tons of fun. Oh, um, not that anyone cares, but me, Dion, and Harsh did win. So we won golf, and then we won named John Kuhn. Um, it's not really right, important, but it kind of is. Okay, so we can end the pod here. <laughs> Who? Uh, we should go around. Whose team, other than your own, do you like the best? Skew positive a little bit. I think this is a great question. Who wants to go first? I'll get it out of the way. I think Anthony seems really good, and I oh, hate it because I, I actually think Lamar is going to have an MVP season. It's sort of one of the things I'm banking on. I think there's a very good chance Jefferson is the number one wide receiver, and I love the Kyle Pitts swing. I think it's big upside, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't, but I, I respect the play uh, largely because I like sort of the same guys, though, and I absolutely hate that I'm saying that. I think coming off of a championship, you're playing a little bit with house money. And so I went like very high upside, I feel like, with some of these picks. But um, I mean, if it looked, if it Okay, so a question about that. I noticed like you went wide receiver early and then a tight end, which is similar to what I did last year. You did get Ezekiel Elliott in there. But one of the things mm-hmm. that I noticed when I tried to do this last year was every round, I'd be looking at the running backs that were there and I'd be like, oh, I fucking hate all these running backs. Like, I. Yeah, like this wide receiver more, I'll take this wide receiver and I'll get one of these next tier running backs. And then by the time it got back to me, that next tier running backs would also be gone and I'd have the same thing. Did that happen to you? Yeah, a couple of times it did for sure. Like the Jalen Waddle pick I like, but that was definitely one where I was sitting there like, um, well, I guess not a, another running back didn't go. So I got really lucky there because I was fully expecting Devin Singletary to go from the time I picked Jalen Waddle to when I picked Devin Singletary. But like, it was one of those where, yeah, I was staring at him. Like, this guy is clearly standing out amongst the rest as like a very highly rated wide receiver who's still available amongst a sea of just absolute garbage. 
Um, I was fortunate to get Singletary. But yeah, I mean, I also kind of like Damian Pierce and Rashad Penny. Both of those guys went before I wanted to pick them. But yeah, you definitely, because like the wide receivers are always going to be better, right? So you're always looking like, oh, but this guy's better than like the like, you know, 22nd running back. That sucks. But I could have like, you know, Allen Robinson. That sounds really good. But I've never done this strategy before. I'm kind of, it's kind of exhilarating. It's fun. But yeah, it's definitely a trap. It's a trap. It's like a like a positive feedback cycle. I will say that I had convinced myself there was no chance you were getting Waddle, and I was going to get him. Mm-hmm. And then you drafted him, and I was sad. Yeah, I mean, I looked long and hard because I was like, I need a running back, but also, like, this guy's just really good. So, it's interesting that not a single running back was picked between Waddle and then your next. I know. Pick. I'm I'm looking at that. I'm kind of shocked too. I guess people are low on Devin Singletary because of James Cook, but, like, I mean, at that point in the draft, I'm not going to complain about a guy who's going to at least, like, see the field a lot. I'm low on Devin Singletary because last year, the narrative going into the season was that Josh Allen vultures touchdowns at the goal line and that the running backs aren't going to score the touchdowns and that there was this question between Singletary and Moss. And the Singletary ended up having a good end to the season and did get some of those red zone touches, but the... Advanced statistics show that Josh Allen was getting just as many of those carries as we expected, and it was just actually, like, kind of fluky that Singletary was punching it in when Josh Allen wasn't. And you would expect touchdown regression in the negative direction there. Plus, you have an additional running back in the backfield. So, that's why I was staying away, but... Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with all of those things, but I think, like, in the sixth round or seventh round or whatever, I feel pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of backs that went after that that I liked, like Daryl Henderson... Uh, James Cook um, and Ken Walker, who I still tried to draft anyway. Uh, <laughs> both me and Justin, and maybe even one other person, tried to draft Ken Walker after Tyler drafted him, and we were all baffled that he was already taken because this Kenneth because Walker. the sticker wasn't correct, so it didn't like register. I mean, I don't know if that was the reason. There's probably other reasons why we forgot to look at it. But yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go next. I actually do like Eric's team. Because, you know, I'm a bit of a running back fiend, even though I didn't do that this year. But love running back depth. I love the Javante Williams pick. That's who's someone who sometimes in mocks had fallen to me. And I really, really like the upside of like a Jefferson Javante Williams like start. And then I think the like Brees Hall is your wide receiver or your running back three is like really nice because he might get off to a little bit of a slow start being a rookie and all. But I feel like if all three of those guys come online in like the middle of the year, could be pretty nasty and like pretty good value at wide receiver i feel like terry mcclurin and deontay johnson are like really solid so i mean when you like when you the thing about like picking tight ends early kevin as you would know is that it always is gonna feel like your team's a little bit worse when you look at other positions because everyone only looks at running back and wide receivers right so i guess the biggest hole on eric's team is probably like tight end and like that's a big drop off but the good news is that you only have to play someone with a better tight end than you like three times out of the year. So other than that, you're going to be as equally bad at tight end as everyone else. Like Pat Fryermuth versus like Dallas Goddard, who went three rounds earlier, or TJ Hawkinson or Dalton Schultz. Like they're all the same. So I don't care about that. I'm curious what you guys think about James's team. Uh, I'm not the first person to make this joke, but it is the working man's team. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette are just not who I want to draft in the first round. But looking at his team, like... It's solid. Yeah. Solid. 
I think Mixon's going to be really good. He would have been the only running back I think that I would have legitimately considered taking instead of doing that, uh, what I did. I don't love Fournette. I think that's may let him down. And I also don't, I've already don't really believe in the Broncos. I sort of need to see that. So Broncos country, let's ride. Not in love with his team. Allen's nice, and I like Godwin, and it's good swing on Thomas. But. I think uh, the way that you're describing James's team is apt, and I think like my entire uh, friendship with James could be summed up as like I'm a swingy, emotional guy that swings for the fences all the time, and James is just like even keel. And there's a reason why James plays in the playoffs most years, and has won once but like you know he's always there he's gonna be like third or fourth or whatever because this is the way he drafts he's just like you know steady eddie there's a reason why he got married before everyone and had a kid before everyone and all that that's just you know that's james it's a real lunch pail team as eric has alluded to before which i think is like a great mike really liked that uh, analogy too he found that quite entertaining i i think i like james's team as like it's a team that I would never draft. Mm-hmm. And like, I appreciate the, like the fortitude to just be like, yep, just taking yep. the boring pick. At every I actually chance. think the Josh Allen pick kind of makes his team. I think that's just like, yeah. he goes from like a bunch of like very steady players to having someone who can win a week with like a 45 point type performance. I think if he had passed on Josh Allen and taken like a, whatever like an Allen robinson or a damian pierce or something that his team would have looked much worse um so i, I yeah like I, i've already discussed how upset i was when eric picked josh Allen. Yeah, i was gonna say you like my team and you like my biggest contribution to james's team so yeah 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 i heard you guys talking about it too and i was like i know who they're discussing i kept hearing like oh it's almost getting near that time where this is just like value you can't pass up and i'm like yep no they're looking at josh (laughs) allen they have to be yeah so realistically you're not even mad because they were colluding they're mad because they happened to pick the player that yeah absolutely isn't that all (laughs) fantasy football is (laughs) as long as it's out in the open i'll go next i think the team that i like the most on here other than my own is justin's you can side eye at Saquon Barkley, but I think the mm-hmm. the swing is worth it, especially when you have a steady Eddie like Alvin Kamara already. Um, and then I just the wide receiver picks I think are good, especially again you get DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks. Those are like pencil it in for a thousand yards and eighty catches, and then you take a big swing on Rashad Bateman, and I think that one could really pay off this year. Well, let well let you, let me tell you Watkins and Hollywood leaving is thirty two percent of the target share, so. That's Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, baby. Wow, straight facts with Kevin Tate right there. I told you, I got a few to sprinkle in. <laughs> I'm curious, Kevin, as the only person that wasn't at the in-person draft. like, Yeah. I No, not trying to rub it in that way, but I think you've got a different perspective where you're kind of like probably not checking the or you're probably doing something else and like coming in and out of the draft, like watching teams develop. Well, I'm curious what stuck out to you. I don't know. I'll be honest. I was pretty focused on my own team. So like everything I've done has been like going back and reviewing on it. Uh, The one that really did stick out to me, I was surprised how late the quarterbacks went. I just want to commend everyone in our league for having the, uh, the fortitude to wait till the fourth round to pull the trigger. I think everyone's team is going to benefit from it. I was surprised Mahomes went second um, as a quarterback. I'm not just saying that as a question, Brendan, Um, can I just ask what receiving options you think will benefit most from the second highest scoring quarterback 
Um, <laughs> I don't really think that matters to me. Like, yeah, I think Kelsey's going to be a great player. Are you just trying to fish for me to compliment your no, team? No, no, I'm, I'm legitimately asking because that's part of my bet. No, I'm not because I have three of them. So I, I'm no, curious. Yes, he like, is. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm actually is. asking because like Jackson is the guy I really wanted to take. I really strongly considered taking him in the fourth. But I thought that was too early because no one else had taken a quarterback. I'm sorry. When every time. What was the question? Just compliment Kevin's team, Brendan, and then we can move on. Why no, did I pick I, I'm, asked, I'm actually asking. Why did I yeah. pick him? Because it's a homer pick and because I think he's better than Herbert and Jackson. Okay. I wanted to watch Mahomes. I want to watch the Chiefs games anyway. Like that, I won't lie to you, that contributed to it. But I do think mm-hmm. that he's a better pick than Herbert and Jackson. I mean, I'm surprised I have to try and like talk down Jackson no, to this podcast. I thought we have covered extensively that or no Tony hates him, right? Anthony picked him. Yeah, well. I should clarify my stance on Lamar Jackson. So <laughs> This is where we super cut in you talking <laughs> shit all last season. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could do that. Oh we can. I mean <laughs> uh so fantasy and reality uh, when it comes to football, are two different things. And he is like a well below average passer of the football, but also he's going to run for about 1,100 yards, and that's like pretty much cheating at the quarterback position. So that is why I like Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team. Like, Kevin, I'm not trying to argue that Kelsey isn't a good player. I think Kelsey's a good player. I think historically I've been more high on tight ends than anyone else in this league. That's true. I, I just to be clear, I'm really not trying to set. I'm not trying to set any gotchas up. I'm legitimately asking you, as like, what do you view of the Chiefs this year? Because if Hill's gone, like, that's the big concern, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm asking the group. It doesn't just have to be you. Well, I think that there. I think Juju Smith-Schuster has a massive year. To answer your question, Kevin. Yeah, I'm. I'm legitimately. Asking. I was listening to a podcast. I listening to sometimes, and they made a really compelling case that if there's any like fourth, fifth round wide receiver that's going to be the like Cooper Cup this year of just come out of nowhere and be a number one, number two wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster has as good a chance as anybody because he got a big quarterback upgrade. He's in an offense that's going to pepper the middle of the field. He's probably going to have 130 at least targets. And I think that's where it goes personally. That one's for you, Mike. Enjoy. He needed, he needed a win. Okay. He needed a win. <laughs> I was I was convinced I was okay to get Jackson coming back because mm. none of them had gone. I didn't expect the four of them to go there. I'm very disappointed. I'll be honest, like I picked him a little bit just to spite you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I'm never telling you what I'm doing ever again. But w- <laughs> I also am really high on him, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have drafted him. But it was just like, you know, the two worlds collided there. It was a perfect opportunity. Kind of got a two for one. Deal. And I went to done it. I got a two for one. Yeah, I went. I went to done it. But all right, could add Chris Godwin. Yeah. See, like I look, I'm looking at these guys. <laughs> I'm like, don't want them. Don't need them. Don't want them. Don't need them. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I'm curious about Antonio Gibson. Do you really think that like he's just gonna stick around? I I think in the past I've made the mistake of I mean this could sound rich because I took Hopkins but I made the mistake of like waiting to for guys to come on later in the season. Whereas I know that Gibson, cause like I said, the guy's got injured, like he's going to have to get the ball. So I'll take a guaranteed workload for the strategy that I took. I will take the guy that's going to get the ball for sure for the first four weeks and has done it before. I think he's been a top 10 running back before. So I feel actually pretty, pretty okay with that one early. 
Yeah, my feeling with Antonio Gibson is that in the offseason, people were already kind of down on him. And then everybody loved hearing that Brian Robinson was getting all the work and just like buried Antonio Gibson in their rankings. But then a week or week and a half ago, when we found out that Brian Robinson had been shot, obviously everybody's not drafting Brian Robinson now. He drops off the board, but nobody readjusted Antonio Gibson back up. Like nobody said... Nobody did the work of saying, okay, who's actually going to get the carries in Washington? And so I think you probably did get value there. Um, I did draft Ryan Robinson at the end of the draft and put him on the IR because they didn't put him on IR. They put him on the pup list, which means he could be back in four weeks. And then maybe it goes back to being the workload that they talked about. They also still have just said that he was shot in his lower extremities, which means nothing to me and could be like a career ender and could be like it grazed his thigh and everything's good to go. So it's it's a... There's a lot of unknowns there, but yeah, for four weeks, you probably have a top 12 running back, at least. Thank you, Eric. What does everybody think about Aaron Rodgers? I was surprised that he dropped all the way down, to be honest. I figured somebody would draft Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he always finds a way. He'll be probably he'll probably return better value than what you drafted him for. I just don't see a path for him to be like amazing without Devontae Adams, I think is... Yeah, that's fair. He'll be solid, though. Cool. My plan going into the draft was to draft Derek Carr at like the 15th round because I just figured I was going to super wait on quarterback and I was really? like, Derek Carr has two really good receiving options, maybe three really good receiving options. He has to throw the touchdowns and he went undrafted. I think Rodgers, where you took him, is like a totally defensible pick. And the only like question I have, and I would have to like go convince myself of the answer, I don't know it off the top of my head, is like, what is the value of Rodgers compared to streaming quarterbacks? Or, like, yeah, doing your, like, Derek Carr in 15, and then presumably yeah. you're not just, like, slamming Derek Carr in every week, right? Like, you're looking at maybe someone's playing an easy matchup or whatever. I think at that point in the draft, it's, like, irrelevant because the players that he traded, like, he gave up to pick Aaron Rodgers are pretty much all going to be on the waiver wire in two weeks anyway, so. Oh, that's a good point. Jay and I were laughing because we both said like after like round six or seven there are no good picks and there are no bad picks there are only <laughs> there are only interesting picks and boy were there a lot of them that's fair yeah I mean I didn't pick a defense and a kicker and then just immediately dropped whoever I was least excited about like um I have a question you know last year um season one of the SSFL podcast had some good characters um, some might carry over to season two, like Kenny, greatest team ever. Um, but, you know, like, I became the heel of the podcast. Um, Brendan was the playing not to lose um, <laughs> champion. Um, did any any character development happen at the draft that you're interested to see heading into the year um, where they go? Did anyone stand out? Not to beat a, head, a, beat a dead horse, but, like, I really think this is the biggest YOLO I've seen from Kevin ever. Do you have an equivalent analogy, like a like a TV show character that is the equivalent to Kevin? Let's be nice here. <laughs> Ron Weasley. No. Lucky guy. It feels like a season from a guy who was in a casino while drafting. A degenerate gambler's draft is what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I mean, you self-admitted. You said earlier. Did, I don't know if we got it on record. Um, I said it's not. Yeah, no, I said it's not bad. Like, it's accurate. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say about craps? Like, how can you go 
make it into almost your 30s with a gambling problem and never have played craps before yeah i find it shocking the fact that i've never learned how to play by 29 with a raging gambling addiction <laughs> well when we do the ssfl 15 draft and we're in vegas we will play a lot of craps oh boy sign <laughs> me up ssfl 15 well it's just the next milestone is it every five is a milestone yeah, we... We use a base 10 numbering system, Anthony, so every five is a milestone. This shouldn't be news to you. <laughs> Why can't every year be a milestone? Works for me. There you go. Problem solved. Who haven't we talked about? We should talk about everyone's team a little bit, I feel like. No? I personally really did not like Tyler's first two round picks. I know people don't like mine, but uh, I... I need to see Debo do it again. I think last year was a bit of an anomaly with all of the injuries in San Fran. Um, and as we talked about, I'm very strict on whether he's a first or a second round pick. So I do not like Debo as a first round. I would have been okay with him as a second. Um, and I think DeAndre Swift is is fine, but he's sort of the kind of running back I did not want to pick where I was. And I just, I'd rather go elsewhere and then spend the capital there. So I really personally didn't like Tyler's first two. I also, I really liked his next two and then, uh, Thielen. So I like the Metcalf, uh, Dylan, and Thielen picks, but I, I, I think he could have started a little bit stronger. That would be my two uh, stars and a wish for Tyler's <laughs> team. I think Kyle has definitely has one of the most, most like defined draft archetypes that he slots into year after year. <laughs> and yeah. this is another one. And like, I guess last year he had Derrick Henry, who he must have taken with his first pick, yeah. right? Yep. Did he go Derrick Henry? Well, he went like three running receiver? back. Do we know? Because he got DeAndre Swift last year in the second round. Oh. And then something I can't remember in third round. I, I think in general, I have also tried the receiver-receiver draft, and I just hate it. I just, I can't, unless you're getting like Cumber Jefferson, I just, it feels icky. He got two, I mean, drafting there though, you get two like similar quality wide receivers like probably like like top seven guys which is kind of nice and i actually don't mind his draft at all it's like a pretty solid i like eli mitchell you know like someone between jk Dobbins, stevenson and hunt will probably emerge as like someone he can start really what kyle kyle's um like main problem is like in-season management <laughs> and training staff i do think it's really funny <laughs> that he has ended up with matt ryan again yeah, he just picks them as like a bit at this point. I feel like. <laughs> the receivers, I think we get into a little bit too much of like a, assuming we know what's going to happen in fantasy football and the idea that just Cup and Chase and Jefferson are head and shoulders ahead of the rest of them is kind of uh, specious to me. And I would be like very comfortable betting that at least one of Diggs and, or Adams finishes higher than at least one of Chase and Jefferson. Like I just... I think that the idea that we just know who the top three are is really hard to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I think, like, the, to me, the thing about drafting receivers that highly is just the quality of running back drops so mm -hmm. quickly. And, yeah, Kyle's got, like, four pretty solid running backs as his next picks, like, kind of. But now he's got to do the, like, three pick or four pick three game every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're going to go wide receiver, wide receiver early, you got to just stick to your guns and have a wide receiver also at your flex because the flex situation that he has is gross with trying to make up for it by drafting four running backs in a row. Mm, like you got to just call your shot. you got to be like, these two yeah. running backs in the middle rounds are the ones that are going to be my guys and go for high upside on the flex play too. 
Because I think the running backs that he drafted, other than, in my opinion, Ramondre, are like fairly low upside. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. Unless unless Chubb gets hurt. Yeah. It's huge upside. Uh, I think Brandon seems great. Um, I don't, I'm not like super high on Jamar Chase, but he also wasn't and said that. And he was just like, I didn't think he'd fall this far. And I think that he did really well getting Aaron Jones in the second round. I think you can say what you want about AJ Dillon, but yeah, that's Aaron nice Rodgers pick. has to drop, dump the ball off to somebody this year. And Aaron Jones is probably going to get like 65 catches or more. So I think uh, Aaron Jones is super yep. safe there. Um, I like getting one of the top five tight ends. I like Chase Edmonds. I don't really like Jalen Hurts, but I think that's more of like a real life versus fantasy thing, as you discussed with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I was actually going back and forth between Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. So I know everyone seems like the, you know, the fantasy like cognoscenti seems to enjoy um, Jalen Hurts a lot, but I just went with a guy who I've seen do it before. And so we'll see how good Jalen Hurts is. It could be a league winner, I suppose. Interesting, Kyler Murray fell. Um, we talked a little bit about Jay's team, but we didn't talk about Kyler Murray going after all of those guys. The more I look at Jay's team, the more it's growing on me. Like, I already thought it was good, but like it seems very strong the more I look at it. I mean, it, I guess Rashad Bateman's a bit of a wild card, right? We're just assuming. Like, you just talked about how we just assume we, we shouldn't assume about like the top three wide receivers. Are we just going to assume that Rashad Bateman is good and just going to like step in and absorb like, you know, like 150 targets and be a flex player or is there a chance where he's like like not even on the roster by the end of the year i think the jays like got enough reasonable backups there too that that doesn't feel as risky yeah jay hates the george pickens pick yeah i actually don't hate it at all i think it's like totally fine there honestly it's gonna be interesting to see uh pittsburgh like adapt you know, to not having mm-hmm. a literal statue as a quarterback. You got Kevin's guy, Trubisky. Yeah, they announced Trubisky as the starting quarterback. He's a captain. Have they even. figured out, have they taught him how to throw <laughs> left yet? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I checked out after Chicago. He's fine, though. He's going to be like the 26th best quarterback in the league. That was one of my favorite, like, Twitter corners was the Mitch Trubisky can't throw to the left <laughs> truthers they had the numbers to back it up like it was quite striking when you looked at the data who else did we talk about we haven't talked about Dion Ugh. it's such a Dion draft he took Chubb he's the fucking moron he took Chubb <laughs> that's all I care about Ah, uh, no he's he's like James to me the way you feel Eric about James I feel the same way about Dion he will eventually be there somehow. He'll trade with Sherryar or Mike somehow and get a better team around week eight or nine, and he'll hang around. Maybe he'll be one of the best teams, but he'll make playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty solid team, right? Like, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing crazy that happened. It's just like running backs, wide receivers until round nine. He took his guy. Of course, he. My my biggest yeah my biggest regret is sucks. that he got a cowboy. I wish collectively as a draft we didn't allow that to happen. But <laughs> one of the other underrated storylines from this that this draft that I I outside of Harris Casino let out one of the bigger sighs of my life of relief that Anthony Speranza was the one rostering Ezekiel Elliott. So Brendan can't completely fish <laughs> out of his deal from last year and eventually trade him to Dion on midseason. That's not the deal I remember making. Uh, I'll be wrong about that. Yep. No, I remember it quite clearly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so does Brandon because he was us part of the deal. As a league. 
that you wouldn't trade him to yeah. Dion. Promise. Right after Kevin dr- promised he'd just draft him and then didn't. So, you know, it cuts both ways. Please, I declassified those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I mocked Cup falling to Dion, I was like, <laughs> I hate this. And then it happened, and I hated it at the time, too. It, I mean, yeah. What can I say? Brendan, we haven't talked much about your team. You know, I'll be honest. Um, the Travis Etienne pick in round two was, um, quite frankly, very surprising. I like it. I like the swing. I think there's a ton of upside there. There's a reason they drafted him to play with Trevor Lawrence. I know James Robinson's coming back, but I think that's another one I'd like to see how he comes back from injury. Achilles. Undrafted guy. Yeah, I agree. But I think they're going to ease Etienne in a little bit. But I do think that he could be just electric. Again, there's a reason they drafted him, played with him in college. I think that I just wasn't excited about anything else and wanted to YOLO a little. Like, it definitely was a little bit. And I was prepared to take a lot more flack than I did for that. I pick. fully respect the pick. So I will see. In most of my mocks, and we can hammer that again, I was choosing between Etienne and Brees Hall as my third running back in the third round. And I was super surprised to see you take him as early as you did. But now looking at it, there was only two other running backs that went between you and then my pick. So it still actually was like in the range because our league loves running backs where it makes sense to pick him. I will, like, I use different rankings than most people seem to use on the or in our drafts. And, like, he is one of the players that I noticed was in a different place. Like, there are, every year there's, like, three or four of the top, like, 20 receivers and running backs that I have just in a totally different mm-hmm. spot. And, like, I noticed it, I looked at it, and was like, yeah, okay, I think I'll take this risk. But I was prepared to get some shit for it when I drafted him, and it was... It's more quiet than I would have expected. Yeah, it's because Mike, I think, snapped <laughs> off a Cam Akers pick and took all the heat off of you. Thank you, Mike. Thank <laughs> you for your service. Okay, it's it's getting a little late. Any final thoughts on the draft? Are we still missing some teams? Shar and Harsh. Uh, you know, Shar's team is, is not bad, to be honest. It's not bad. It's pretty good, actually. I would venture to say it's good. I think it's fine. I'm higher on Jacobs than a lot of people are. He's one of those guys that is very unsexy pick, but is always around and like relevant. I'd be surprised if he's not a top 24 running back and he's his third running back. Damian Pierce as classic Sherrier might've got caught up in the hype of it a little bit, but likes to get his guy. I love Keenan Allen. I don't have a hundred percent sold on CD because he's a guy I'd like to see it a little bit more than he sort of proved it in the NFL. But I mean, can't argue with Jonathan Taylor. And if Lazard ends up being one of the big guys in Green Bay, then that could be I, good. Obviously, it's not like a brave pick, and I think it maybe speaks more to Harsh than Shar, but I think Jonathan Taylor, like, I think Shar won that first pick. CC, um, I don't know. I don't. I think it's 50-50. Jonathan Taylor will be on someone ro- else's roster in week three, so we don't need to break it down. Yeah, I'm already, I'm, already, um, <laughs> I'm already putting a deal together, including Justin Jefferson for Jonathan Taylor, so you guys will see that soon. Looking forward to it. Something to talk about on the pod next week. Yeah, we'll have our first veto in like a couple years. (laughs) (laughs) I guess quick rundown of Harsh's team. I I think it's pretty solid. Whenever you get CMC, it's going to be good. He's got good running backs. I'm not a believer in Miles Sanders, but um, he's got, I like his, just overall is pretty like solid. He kind of well um, separated his, like diversified his running backs and wide receivers. Kevin, what do you think of the Russell Wilson pick? Broncos country. Let's ride. 
I was going to say, that's I, if there's one thing that sticks out as my favorite pick from Harsh, it's uh, Broncos Country. Let's ride! <laughs> I actually think um, Eric got Harsh on the line um, at one point to record his thoughts on his own draft, but um, I think maybe the audio was lost. Yeah, we've had some technical difficulties. We'll have to put that in next week. But Okay, we'll get it in next week. I mean, I don't think Russell's going to be unbelievable there, but I mean, I'm not a dumbass. I know that he's going to be good. Broncos country, let's ride. He's going to be fine this year. So I, I think there, I would have had a different couple quarterbacks, but I still don't appreciate the phone call. Well, not to lie, I appreciated the phone call. I did. I like being included. Just want to thank everybody for including me. Just to defend Char a little bit on the Damian Pierce pick, I would have picked Damian Pierce over Clyde Edwards-Alaire when you drafted Kevin personally. Really? Absolutely, yes. Interesting. Okay, that's fair. I think Damian Pierce is, uh, like, I don't actually know anything about the talent. I'm not going to pretend that I understand that. I just look at him and I'm like, this is a guy that there's everything is signaling that he's going to be a three-down running back for his football team, and that's really hard to find. And rookies tend to work out in fantasy when they get given opportunity like this, um, and so I would have just taken the flyer there. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire has proven in two years that he's not good at football. Yeah, you hear that, Kevin? Your team kind of blows. Kind of. I mean, I could be wrong, but did he not finish as like a top 11 running back? Even if he sucks at football? Like no, you said, he, there's a distinction. Like there he is did a not. He finished as running back 45 last year and running back 22 the year before. Well, if you divide 22 and 2, and that was two years ago, he <laughs> finished 11. <laughs> Should just end there. There's nothing we can do to top that. Yeah, no, I got nothing yeah. else to say. 